0: In this time of quarantine, thanks to COVID-19, there's nothing like kicking back and watching a movie from the dictatorial regime of North Korea and a kidnapped South Korean director. Also, playing video games on this episode of Pop Culture with Fanboy and (laughs) Know-It-All. what is up my nerds welcome inside pop culture with fanboy and know-it-all i'm jake i am paul and paul's forgot his cue <laughs> and I, we're joined I today paul did you hear me creating an intentional delay i hear you but you are just doing this weird <laughs> delay thing like you're will ferrell interviewing peyton manning on espn <laughs>
1: that's a throwback
0: but uh we are joined today by a third voice in this blanket of darkness, and that is our good friend Tim Nestor, host, co-host of the podcast Current Gen, formerly known as Fathers of the Grind. Fathers of the Grinder.
1: No, no, no 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 no, not that. <laughs> but we did we did uh ditch the name Fathers of the Grind. We actually just we went ahead and relaunched a whole new podcast called Current Gen uh still about video games the concept's still the same but it's less about like hey this is from the perspective of two dads because we now have a third co-host on the show who is not a dad Uh, also i'm tired of people asking are we a coffee podcast why are we fathers of the grind what's that about so i wanted to go something a little more video gaming with the title so yeah we rebooted it
0: and how has uh launching a new podcast been in the midst of this novel pandemic
1: It's been interesting. Uh, We're using a new platform now called anchor.fm new for us at least. And uh, anchor is pretty great. It's pretty simple. I used to run it out of a WordPress website, the old show. And so there was a lot of manual work. I liked it because I can control everything. But now with anchor, it's just much simpler and really easy to get it kind of spread out through all the different platforms. So I like it. I like anchor a lot. It's been pretty easy to launch. And I think it's kind of, Injected us with some new life. We did Fathers of the Grind for four years. So I feel good. I feel good about where it is now.
0: My hope is that this pandemic leads to more podcast listenership in general. um, Because so many other avenues of entertainment are sort of cut off, in particular sports, right? And so all my sports podcasts are down the drain. uh, But I'm hoping that podcasts like yours, like this one here, can help step in and Mm -hmm. fill in the gap for some folks.
2: Agreed. Agreed. I think we should just do a whole podcast so yeah, on listening. how much we miss sports. What we really miss.
1: Yeah, it's true. Oh
2: my goodness, man. Well, see, the
1: thing is like springtime for me, I'm usually kind of not into sports at the moment anyway. Not a big baseball fan. So <clears throat> springtime for me is usually kind of a quieter time for sports anyway. So I don't personally feel the effect. But when, when the fall rolls around and football season gets affected, then I'm going to start whining. You'll hear. You'll hear from me. <laughs>
2: See, everything will be back hopefully by football season though, that's, right?
1: That's that's the dream. That's selfishly I'm, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've seen I've even seen uh one podcast that I listened to go resort to watching old NFL game film and breaking it down on their podcast. <laughs> and be like, Go yeah. pull up this YouTube link
1: game. and
0: like watch it along with <laughs> us. So I know Paul will be yeah, reaching way back too. to his childhood in the nineteen fifties to find some of the classic game mm-hmm. filmmakers'
1: used, I saw some people oh. were doing uh, some old classic Final Four stuff over this past weekend when Final Four normally would have taken place. And yeah. some people were just yeah. going back and watching some of the classic matches nope. with their kids. Yeah.
2: I have to admit that I actually watched a Duke, Kentucky Old game, Christian Leitner, the final, the final shot oh, for, for yeah. Christian Leitner. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty exciting. I had never actually seen the game live, so I was, uh, a I was great.
1: On ESPN thirty for thirty. Everyone hates Christian Leitner. Have you seen that one? <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's, I tell it, you what, it's called something like that. Maybe it's called I Hate Christian. It's something like the idea is that for some reason everyone found him to be easy to hate, and it's just the whole dot It's that thirty for thirty behind the scenes on what was it about him. Everyone thought he was like this privileged rich kid who was going to Duke, but his story is actually not, not that at all.
2: It's interesting. Mm, interesting. I love those 30 for 30 shows. I Same. watched one, oh my goodness. Last weekend had the greatest time of my life watching like four hours worth of the, the Lakers Celtics rivalry on the, on the 30 for 30 show. Oh, those some were some, the days. You coming some with no kids at no, all that can
1: watch four hours of anything. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one thing I wanted to ask you guys before we dive into our topics, our main topics today was, is there something unexpectedly nice that you've discovered in your life during this time of quarantine? And uh, I can good- go first and <laughs> give you guys a moment to think about it. An unexpectedly nice thing that we've had on our end during this time of quarantine is that all of a sudden all these food trucks are coming out of the woodwork and parking themselves less than a quarter of a mile from my house. And Mm -hmm. so now all these food trucks that normally don't come anywhere near where I live, you know, I've got Hawaiian food, I've got fried chicken, I've got pitas and gyros and uh, Asian Canadian fusion. Mm -hmm. There's this one food truck that serves dragon poutine. That's actually Asian Mexican Canadian fusion. What? And oh so my goodness. To explore a whole new range of foods thanks to. What piece food of that is Canadian?
1: Being... Is it just like maple on top well, of poutine. everything? What is...
0: <laughs> poutine is. Is a classical oh, Canadian wow. dish, right? The french okay. fries with the cheese curds and the gravy. But on wow. this one, they also uh, use some Asian uh, sauce instead of the gravy and they put some uh, chicharron. Some fried chicharrón, which is pork rinds, some carnitas, uh, some peppered out cheese, and so you've got this dragon poutine. and It's just you know. Just, so they just delivered the
1: corona right adventure. to your front door. <laughs> they brought the virus right, right on Right <laughs> on. That's
2: right. Being the introvert that I am, this has had some surprisingly nice upside. I don't have to talk with very many people. This is this is an anomaly for me. I can just sort of hole up in my my office in one of the one of the this is going to sound really terrible. The coronavirus is terrible, right? It's really bad, but it did get me out of some speeching speaking engagements that I was just dreading Mm. dreading because I dread all speaking engagements.
1: There you go. So the upside is I didn't have to do something.
2: I didn't have to do something. I got out of Bebo's. I got out of a speech I had to make. Didn't even have to think about it. My wife made some cool masks for us all that we can wear. So now I look fashionable. I look like a fashionable serial killer. It's not bad.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. You know, there's not really something I've discovered. Um, Like if you were to tell me like, hey, you're about to have a, a month plus long staycation with the fam then it's kind of what I expected. So there's nothing really that I've discovered, but it has. There, we have had some really sweet times, whether it's watching church together on Sunday mornings or just spending a lot of time in our backyard with, thankfully, we got a playground right in time for all this. We have a playground in the backyard and uh, I'm seeing Paul's mask on right now. So he's being safe. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. So no, pretty yeah, great. nothing really that I've discovered, but um, it's it's been an interesting challenge here and there. We've done... Just as a quick overview, in our house, we've done a bunch of construction projects that were already planned. Things like new carpet. We put some walls up in the basement. Already had planned to do that stuff. We went ahead with those things. Uh, our cat had kittens. We have six brand new kittens down in our laundry room right now. So we've got all these cats in our house now. And uh, yeah, no, otherwise, it's it's been pretty great. I mean, I like the work from home process for the most part. Um, There are certain elements that aren't aren't great, but for the most part, I've really enjoyed it. Like having the whole family right here. I I have a feeling that when it's all over and we all venture back out into the wilderness again, I have a feeling I'm going to look back at this and kind of miss it. Like that was there are parts of that. This this was really sweet. So, yeah, I have a
2: feeling I'll miss it in some ways. Are you guys going to want to go to movies after this, after it's all over? Are you going to be a little leery to go back into a movie theater? No, not me.
0: I mean, I I was just because of uh, having – I think I've said this on the show back when we talked about Joker together. Like I was already leery of movie theaters from having been involved in a shooting, having the Dark Knight shooting happen so close to – or I'm mean, sorry, Dark Knight Returns uh, so close to where I was. Um, but this doesn't scare me of movie theaters. I'd go to a theater right now.
1: That's because there's no one there. They're probably the cleanest they've ever been right now. <laughs>
2: The safest place you can be really yeah
1: yeah they're empty no i wouldn't have any issue with going back to them but i also don't really feel the need to either i've i've enjoyed some of these movies that i've released in the at home theater environment like i i've kind of liked that it feels yeah. like it feels like ooh we get early access to this which isn't true everyone has access to it um but like for example the upcoming sequel to trolls which is uh that musical animated yeah, stuff for that my family tour. My family loves that that silly animated musical stuff, so we're totally going to watch it, but it kind of feels like we get this sneak peek, even though the entire world gets this movie early. We feel like it's special for us yeah. in our house for for whatever yeah,
2: I don't called. feel nearly as special anymore, <laughs> yeah,
1: you used to get early access to everything now no longer yeah
2: yeah, now it's just I'm with everybody else,
0: yeah, that's right. That was what Paul was writing on, well, speaking of looking back on this time fondly, it provides a nice segue in that uh, a couple of years ago. A little bit after the Nintendo Switch was released, my whole family got the flu. All six of us got the flu over the course of like a two-week period, kind of fell like dominoes, and we played a ton of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and as we just laid there comatose in the living room, just getting kind of enough energy to drink water and eat food and sleep and play video games, so we wanted to talk about – we wanted to rank – some of the top video games that you can you can go back to and play through during this time of quarantine. Uh, and we also are bringing back our "Hurt So Good segment, which is where we watch movies that are supposed to be really bad. And we figure out if they're bad enough for you to watch them and enjoy them while you're in your time of quarantine. And uh, so that means that this time around we watched a North Korean monster movie, dark fantasy action adventure film called Pugazari. <laughs> and uh we are going to talk about that right now before we rank our our list of co-video games for you guys Ooh, to be playing i like that you kind of spoke that's right <laughs>
2: but we won't go there what was that you, you kind of to say to me I'm, I'm just saying i'm just saying
1: i, I like that co-video games that's good <laughs>
0: Here we are. We've switched rooms. We're still safely social distancing from one another, but we're in a new virtual room to talk about Pulgasari for our Hurts So Good segment. A segment where we like to find the films uh, and get beat up ourselves before deciding whether or not you should beat yourself up by watching it. This film was picked by Paul, so I want to put all the blame on him if uh, if it turns out that it didn't hurt so good.
2: I know. I know, Ugh. man. Oh, man! I was really excited about this movie. I got to be honest with you. I, I had not, I had not seen it, but I had heard enough about it. the The backstory, the backstory is almost as crazy as the movie itself, right? You've got. Kim Jong-il, the the old leader of North Korea, he's a huge movie fan, loves old Hollywood movies, watches them all the time. He was looking around. He became leader of North Korea, the hermit state, realized that his movie industry was not up to snuff. And so he figured the only way to get North Korean movies better is by stealing other people and bringing them into North Korea. So he kidnapped a director named Shin Sang-ok, uh, and his wife, uh, who actually starred in most of the movies that they made together in North Korea. And it was his in- ex-wife, right? Is it his ex- ex-wife now? They the- No, no, it was his ex-wife when he
0: kidnapped her. Oh, no yeah. way! Yeah, I didn't even the know that. The story goes mm-hmm. that he actually kidnapped the wife first, uh, and he was going to use her as bait to kidnap the other guy.
1: And the other guy's like, uh, ah, uh, jokes on you, she's my ex-wife. Yeah, they were
0: exes <laughs> at the time. And then he kidnapped – then he just abandoned the plan of like blackmailing the director and just straight up kidnapped him, like threw a sack over his head, brought him to North Korea, but then didn't even put them together for four years because the dude tried to escape so many times. He threw him in you know basically solitary confinement where he had to eat grass. It was only four years after he kidnapped him that he finally like revealed that, oh, yeah, I've had your wife for the last four years as well. And he's like, oh, that's
1: my way. ex-wife, not my wife. <laughs> Guys, this he's is like, a cool. way better story than anything. The story the story. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then they brought in a, a Japanese right. Really crew, right? To do the actual film, special effects. Even though Kim Jong-il hated the Japanese, he brought them in because he figured, but he lied to them as well. Like the Japanese crew came to the country thinking they were helping out with a Chinese film. So mm-hmm. it was all just a. This whole movie was built on deception. Deception and yeah. Which <laughs> it makes me sort of feel bad that we watched it now because I'm thinking we were sort of helping the North Korean regime by our, our viewing.
0: Well, and this movie was banned in South Korea for a really long time at, because of that. They didn't, it still because be they banned. have the law. <laughs> they have laws in South Korea that nothing can aid or abet the North Korean regime in any way. And they're like, even though this is a terrible movie, it actually premiered to less than a thousand people in South Korea. Yeah. Even though this is a terrible movie, we can't allow it to be shown in our country. Yeah, Is, when it, Jake... terrible? is it really terrible? Well, let's talk I'm... about that.
1: Let's talk about that. Oh. Uh, when Jake texted me and was like, Hey, you want to join us for this show? We're going to talk about video games uh, during the quarantine and I was like sweet that sounds like fun I'm I'm all about that that's what I talk about all the time I, I love it and then he goes oh also you're gonna need to watch this awful movie for this other segment we're doing And I was like okay so I as soon as I started up my immediate thought was like I hate you guys I hate both of you that I have to watch this because <laughs> right away I had to adjust the sound because so the whole movie is available on YouTube so all of you who are listening you can go watch it right now for free you're welcome Knock
2: yourself out. yeah
1: yeah, so good luck with that. But the audio was the quality was so bad. I don't know if you guys had that same experience, but I had my headphones in, watching it on the TV, and I was just like, this. I had to adjust the volume right away because it it was awful. It was painful to listen to. It was really- oh, so you
2: didn't bring your whole family in to watch Pulgasari?
1: No, I was like family. <laughs> like a good family, I've taken one for the team. You guys, all go do something else.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, wow. no, I watched. I yeah, watched it is- a
0: I let my kids watch Buster Keaton's The Kid or I'm sorry not Buster Keaton Charlie Chaplin's The Kid with me but Pulgasari I said you know what I don't know what this kind of North Korean brainwashing stuff you know I don't know how powerful it is I don't want yeah. to you know make my kids susceptible to it I can handle it I have handled I handled the interview which was some North Korean mm-hmm. brainwashing garbage mm-hmm. Did you guys watch that one No
1: did no. not. The interview? No. Mm-mm.
0: You're alone. Okay. Well. Standing out. All right. I'm the only one that on. watches Korean propaganda yourself.
1: on the regular. All
0: right. So, Paul, do you want to give a little summary before we talk about how bad or good bad this film was of the plot? Can you give yes, us a summary of can, the I can, plot?
2: I can give a summary. So it's it's a shame, Tim, that as you know now, it, it really is a family movie. It's all about this family. And we know this because they're constantly calling each other brother and sister. So, but it's essentially the the story is made up of family. It's a whole lot of incest happening. Oh, extended family. Everybody's related to one another, but the, one of the main characters they it's about this community that lives under and I was getting dinner at the time, so I sort of missed the first part of it a little bit. So if it gets a little hazy <laughs> oh <my gosh.
0: laughs> like, I didn't really watch the film
1: so much as um Paul's <laughs> like, I just listened. I didn't really watch. Like
2: it's got subtitles, man. <laughs> here's here's the gist. Here's the gist. So you've got a you've got this community that's living under an oppressive regime, which feels very North Korean, right? But in the wrong sort of way for Kim Jong-il's point. But they live under this, this terrible, terrible, oppressive regime. Lots of people get beaten. There's some bad stuff here that happens here and there. And eventually the main guy, the, the father of a lot of these characters, gets thrown into prison. And he's beaten and he's, and he's abused and, and he's not treated very well. And, of course, he eventually starts – he starts this hungry scri- strike, right? Essentially, he just stops eating. And, uh, and one of his last acts is to create this monster um, or this, this little tiny figurine um, out of his rice that he's not eating. So he makes it and then he dies. And then somehow the rice figurine makes it to the dead guy's daughter, and it's she believes. I,
1: I can tell you how. It's because he was holding it in his hand, and when they're carrying his body back home, she sees it in his hand as they're carrying oh, was, him back mm, home.
2: Yeah, that's that's what happens when you get dinner. I I missed that yeah. part, but I knew oh, it I showed I up. Really
1: close attention. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because like you can't
0: when when the hand just seizes you know and yeah. the body is dead like she yeah. couldn't have pried
2: open his hand to get that
1: yeah that part was so unrealistic right. it. I couldn't handle that it. was
2: the most unrealistic part of the whole movie it, the it definitely most was unrealistic part yeah so so it gets in the daughter's Ritter hands Mortis her, her name she's the only yeah. one has an actual name in the movie is is Amy right so. Gets her, it, she bleeds on it, and the little figurine somehow comes to life. And this little critter really loves iron, loves to eat iron. And as it eats iron, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's sort of like a cat. We just talk
1: for a second about the guy in the suit. So polkasari <laughs> what it looks like? Polgasari looks like uh, Godzilla, kind of like Godzilla's forgotten cousin. Well,
2: sort of like a like a Godzilla cow.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Hmm. First
1: of all, the ability of this dying man in this jail cell to craft that level of detail with rice—that was impressive. Can we agree on that?
2: Yes. So there's a lot of detail. Oscar figurine was much better than the crafting of this movie.
1: Yep. And so when she bleeds on it, it comes to life, and he's down in this little sewing kit because she had been sewing. That's how she cuts. That's how she pokes herself and bleeds. I was thinking. He's down in this sewing kit and he starts eating needles. And I actually, I was all alone. This was late at night. I should not have been up this late watching this stupid movie. But I started laughing out loud as he starts going like, hum, 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 eating these
2: needles. I was like, what is happening right now? Oh my God. Yeah, so he, the thing grows bigger and bigger, and eventually the villagers figure out that he can be like the secret weapon against this this oppressive government, and so it becomes this sort of long drawn out war where it's basically the king and his evil general and a guy with an eye patch <laughs> facing against the villagers in Polgosari who just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's that's sort of the plot of the movie, right? Would that be yeah. fair?
1: Yeah.
0: The yeah. plot uh was also heavily um I think the subplot of the film is the the rise of the synth and the mono synth in the movie industry because <laughs> the soundtrack was <laughs> super synth heavy.
1: Well, I didn't I didn't notice the synth until the moment when they so it gets pretty intense where they're trying to the government wants to collect all the iron. That part made me laugh too, because It's this little farming village and they come to this blacksmith and they were like, you're going to create weapons for us for this war. And he says, I can't, I don't have enough iron. They said, don't worry, we got that taken care of. And they're stealing iron from all of his neighbors and family members. And he is like, we can't do this. We're a farming community. And so they collect it all. But then he gives it all back and was like, we need to hide it. So they bury all the iron in like this one spot. So it's still, they still can't use it. That's what made me laugh is that the whole idea was that we can't survive without these tools, but let's hide all the tools. So anyway, so so they hide them from the government. And then all of a sudden it cuts to, he's strapped down on the ground. They're beating him horribly. That kind of caught me off guard for a second. And as they drag him to his cell. The grandfather, I, right? The The, father, the grandfather, yeah. They go to drag him to his cell. Then the synth kicks in. That was the first time I remember hearing the synth in that movie. I was like, what just happened? Because it really kicks in strong in that moment as they're dragging him to his cell. So I'm with you on the subplot of the, the rise of the synth. Oh. Honestly,
2: the synthesizer was my favorite part of the whole movie. I loved the synthesizer. It took me back to my childhood. You know, all the movies back then had that really powerful synthesizer, so.
1: Yeah, but it it wasn't so much music as much as someone fell asleep on the keyboard while recording the synth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty rough. It was pretty bad.
2: Yeah, actually, I thought that the sound effects were were interesting. It took me a while to figure out what some of the sound effects were. I don't know, on on your version, Tim, you mentioned you had some sound problems. Oof. But there were a couple of times they would swing the 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 swords around, and it would sound like I don't know, like these pings, like a a submarine. And I didn't quite understand what it was supposed to be.
1: It was supposed to be metal on metal, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe they just uh, maybe the sound just works differently in North Korea.
1: No, it, it sounded to me very much like an old arcade game sound effect when you're sword fighting or something like that. And it was just interjected every time a sword would make contact with something. So it was bad. They they sounded really not, bad.
0: And not just an old video game sound effect, but like what an old video game sound effect sounds like through a 1950s speaker listening to yeah. it now. And yeah. that it's so distorted and warbled that you're like, that sounds more like you just castrated a puffin. <laughs> now there's there's a very
1: descriptive take on it yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that's all i could think about the whole movie is like well there's another puffin that's not gonna have children
1: yeah (laughs) the, the sound effects were legitimately like they actually were painful and so i mean it's fine but it makes you it makes you appreciate the good sound effects today when you hear stuff like that it sounded pretty bad Especially the the sword clanging. They were pretty bad.
2: I did think the the actual monster was kind of cool. You know, I think that that it had kind of a cool cowish horned monster look about him. The eyes were very movie. They they would actually move around and stuff. And I thought that was nice. Um, When he lost an eye, it magically grew back. I thought that was cool. So clearly, Pulgasari has some some talents. Oh I yeah, think-
1: there is a part where the government realizes as they're the government, the, the government army as they're firing at him, nothing's hurting him, and the guy says, "Aim for his eyes." So one of them gets him right in the eye, and that kind of squelching, squirming noise as he pulls it out. I don't know if you guys remember this, but that. Speaking of sound effects, that part stuck with me because it's this nasty gurgling, squelching sound as he pulls it out. That was pretty gross. I was like, "Dude, that's the sound effect they spent all the time on." That's the <laughs> like this is
0: the this is one of the penultimate scenes in the movie. We need Ugh. to really nail this sound. Yeah, and they did.
1: They definitely did. I will say this: I think back to like because I feel like at some point, maybe it was when I googled it, I was looking up background on this movie. Some people call it the Korean uh godzilla that's you know Mm. that was supposed to be what it was but you think back to the godzilla movies and they're all running and screaming godzilla they actually sound terrified right the people sound terrified it's a cool name godzilla is a cool monster name listening to the characters in this yell the name pogasari or Pogasaria, it sounded whiny not terrified everything was whiny like that was yeah. the vibe I got from this one. Instead of they're scared, they're just like, Polgasari! Like, that's how it sounded like to me. <laughs> There was no menace there was no, yeah delivery. Yeah, plus my take on Polgasari is that he's kind of like Godzilla in a way, especially once he gets bigger. But he's a little more ADHD than Godzilla. Godzilla's singularly focused, right? On destruction. And I think Polgasari's a little more like, is that made out of metal over there? And kind of like, <laughs> that way. And takes a big bite. Like, I don't know. Something about him is just not right in the head.
0: Well, he he is very singularly focused. It's just that his singular focus, you know, doesn't lead to any productive uh work. It just leads to eating anything metal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's true. Lots and lots of iron. That is lots true. and lots of iron.
1: Yeah. I do one of my favorite moments in this movie is when the brother and sister, he's first starting to grow. He's for, so he went from this tiny little figurine size little buddy, and now he's about the size of a full grown human. And they're trying to find him. They're walking around the wilderness, around the stream, trying to find him. And they spot him. He's down on the river, and he's looking at fish. And he's all excited and he's happy. And he's looking at these little fish, and they get his attention. And he looks at them, and then he just splashes them with water real quick. Yeah, <laughs> They just stand there like, looking at <laughs> Yeah, it was like this weirdly playful odd moment, and they just looked at each other. And he's like, all right, <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll come with you. And he starts walking. <laughs>
0: Well, no. Then he just takes their farm equipment and then books it.
1: That's right. That's right. He took their farm equipment. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even hang out with them. He just takes their stuff and leaves, and they don't see him again until he's you know twice as big, and they're about to die. Focus is yeah. kind
1: of a jerk, you guys. That's what we're learning. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt.
0: Ultimately, now um, this this is gonna might come as a shock considering everything we've just talked about, but uh, I do not think that this movie hurts so good. Hmm. I did not think that it was actually bad enough to become funny until I start making up all this stuff yeah. in jokes with you guys. I actually would not recommend this movie to other people to watch as a bad movie. Yeah, as a, am it's, I alone?
1: That? So bad. No, I I agree with you one hundred percent. I don't think it's bad enough to be a good watch as a bad movie. I really don't. And one of the reasons for that is it's. It gets really repetitive and really boring. And there's also, I think the subtitles. So this is all in Korean, right? This isn't dubbed. Maybe if it were dubbed, there'd be something there. There's a lot of reading and there's, I think, tons of translation errors. From what I can tell in the subtitles, sometimes I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like that sentence that whoever's translated this, it doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. I feel like it's not, it's not wacky enough to, to, to merit like, hey, this is fun to watch because it's so bad. That's just my take. I don't
2: think it's wacky enough. I would agree with that. I actually think it might be a movie that you just watch, you know, honestly. I well, mean, I, did, I didn't I didn't I'm not going that far. I really didn't hate it. I thought that that there my favorite bad movie part might be when they were firing the cannon, the guns. Yeah. There was a big, climactic battle scene. They, they made these guns, especially to take down Pulgasare. Didn't work very well. They shoot a couple of cannonballs into its mouth, and then he shoots them back somehow, which I thought was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, he but- looked a lot like Bowser right there. I'm just going to keep going with the video game theme with everything I chime in with. But he reminded me a lot of the old original version of Bowser. In that moment. That's
2: actually probably the best comparison I can think of. I mean, he looks like, right. I I think in terms of like the Godzilla monster movie, it had some, it had some clever moments. It had some not peril, but you know, they, they figured out new creative ways to deal with him. And then the ending had sort of this, this sad conclusion to it that I don't quite know what to make of, but you know, it, it had some poignancy. I I won't say that I cried, but I thought it was, I thought it was effective. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Paul, you've been in quarantine too long.
1: (laughs) You really have, Paul. You're making (laughs) me sad, man. Uh, I
0: would say that this movie hurts so bad. Not that it, not that it's actually good.
1: No, I think there's so many other, there's so many other eighties movies, even movies made way before that, that are good monster movies way before you even get close to
2: this one. Uh, oh come now, Tim! No, this is Pulgasari. He's such like a cool-looking critter. Yeah, if it was made in the
0: 1950s.
1: Yeah, <sighs> yeah. The fact that this was made in the 80s was shocking to me. Um, as I was looking at some of the effects, I was like, they've they've seen other movies that were made in the 80s, right? Like they they can do better than this. Uh, I, I also would but say that
2: North they, Korea—they couldn't have done better than that. They're they're they they're got experts better. from Japan. <laughs>
1: So what I always liked about a lot of monster movies is the build up, the reveal, like to me the the best monster movies, even the classic ones have a great way of giving you little glimpses of the beast until they finally reveal the whole monster and then all here's the plan to take the monster down and it's a big build up to the big battle moment. This one had I lost count. I want to say there's four or five big face-offs that fail miserably. Yeah. Let's trap him in a cage and burn him. That doesn't work. Let's shoot him with these giant new cannons. Nope. Let's get this witch lady to confuse him and drop him down into a pit and drop rocks on him.
2: <laughs> that was the weirdest and scene. That one actually
1: worked. <laughs> that one did actually work until they came back and he's like, oh, the what? What's
2: lady. going on? He's he like, there.
1: oh, I can just get up out of
2: this? It's the witch lady.
1: So it actually reminded me of times when I was a little kid playing with the friend, pretend, you know, all the different toys you have. <laughs> And you're trying to one up each other with your weird stories, like, oh, 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 and then and then they shoot shoot him with this thing, and then he falls into a pit, and then we bury him with rocks. Like it just reminded me of like playing with the friend, ra- these random ideas of how to defeat this monster. So I I thought it even as a even as an old outdated monster movie, I just think the plot was hilariously bad. But not so much that you'd laugh at it with friends, in my opinion. Like if we were to set we were to sit in a room together and watch this I think we would have been kind of bored because there weren't enough moments <laughs> there weren't enough moments that we could like play off of and make fun of, in my opinion. I could be wrong.
0: Right. I mean I had to work all night to come up with that puffin line. <laughs> <laughs> which was a good line. That was a good line. Like that wasn't you know, that doesn't come to you when you're watching this movie. It's not that type of Did movie. you start Some
1: with movies. puffin or start with castration? Like I'm wondering which one like which animal would you castrate to make that noise? Or yeah. What would you do I, to a puffin to make
2: that noise? <laughs> I started yeah. with
0: the castration and then worked my way to puffin. Got it.
2: <laughs> I think it was just from personal experience. He had he had memories of it out on the farm when he was a puffin farmer. <laughs> the, the old puffin farm. A, you know, this reminds me of my childhood when we used to not quite branding puffins but castrating.
1: Uh, puffins. the old the old puffin farm stories. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because the
0: only worthwhile puffin
1: is a eunuch puffin. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyways I don't I don't recommend this to folks who even folks who have kind of an interest in movie history or old monster movies I think this should be way down your list of monster movies to watch even if you're looking for poorly made or bad ones the only thing that makes this movie interesting is the backstory around how it was made that makes it somewhat interesting
0: it's way more worth it to just do the research on the backstory read those stories those stories are insane and hilarious but also terrifying in their own way. Those are worth reading. The movie, not worth watching.
2: I, I completely disagree with you. I <laughs> had a nice time watching this movie. You
0: didn't I, even I, watch it. You just ate your <laughs> your old man soup. <laughs> My old man
2: soup? Yeah.
1: I don't know what you're reading. No, I just think Paul's been
2: too deep in quarantine for too long. <laughs> I think... I'll I'll take anything I can get for, for entertainment. I I thought it was pretty entertaining. I thought it was pretty good. Now, I well, have not watched a lot of monster movies, admittedly, but I thought, was it better than Pacific Rim? Maybe. It was not better than Pacific what?
0: Rim. Pacific <sighs> Rim was not good, but it's not better than Pacific Rim. But we are talking about Paul, who, as you'll discover in our next segment, in our Rank Geek segment, he has only played one video game in the last 10 years and all he does is organize bookshelves and safes inside of it <laughs> and so uh, with that teaser of a segue it's time for Rank geeks we've transitioned again this time into rank geeks. It's less smelly than usual because we are responsibly social distancing and doing this remotely. Uh, So, uh, but we're still calling it rank geeks because we're putting things in numerical order and we've got one nerd among us. So
1: (laughs) yeah, I'm the only nerd here. Okay. (laughs) That's right.
0: I mean, I was going to leave it up to the audience to decide who of the three of us, but you know, Spoilers. I,
1: I take that mantle
2: proudly. Uh,
0: as we discussed previously, Paul only plays Skyrim,
2: and he only organizes bookshelves at the local library. That's not entirely true. It's partially true, but not entirely true. I've I've got names for you. I've I've played video games, so but we'll get into that. He's tried the first five minutes of other games, but
0: he the libraries <sighs> of Skyrim Valley just keep calling him back. He's like Michael Jordan trying to retire from the library system in Skyrim. I just want to retire in solitude. That's all I want to do. He goes He goes to try to play baseball in another fantasy world. And then he's like, I got to go back. The books, the Dewey Decimal oh, System. The I haven't moment.
2: finished organizing the books.
1: Next no. up is to have a meme of you sobbing. That becomes a, the meme for everyone to use when they're sad. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, So with this time of quarantine, we've already listed the TV shows and movies that you should be going back to watch as you round out your evenings instead of going to bed, as you should be during quarantine. Uh, But we wanted to rank some video games for you guys. So we made top fives individually, and I'm very curious to see what else has made Paul's. So without further ado, I'll let the video game expert kick it off. Uh, Paul, I mean, Tim. (laughs) Freudian's perfect.
2: It's never everything
1: all right so the reason the reason this one's at the bottom of my list is because i actually haven't spent much time with it but i do know that for a certain type of gamer and creator this is the perfect game to spend your time playing if you have a ps4 you should go give dreams a try so dreams is a game that's been in the works for a long time by a company called media molecule they've made all kinds of different creative games and this one they decided to let the gamer be the creator That's one of those games that's been in development for so long that people kind of became a little bit um, uh, already negative towards it before it released. But Dreams is incredibly unique. So Dreams allows the player to get in there and play some of the pre-made worlds that have been made by the developer. But you can also go in and play completely full games, all different genres created by other gamers and creators out there. So it's pretty cool. And if you like to create, which isn't usually my thing, I'm not very good at that. I'm not good at creating a game world. But if you like to create, Dreams has some really cool tools for you there as well. So Dreams is a very creative and very very highly reviewed. Uh, critics love it because it's such an easy thing to jump into to play or to make your own games. It's called Dreams. It's uh, it's really interesting. So if, if you've ever gotten caught up in stuff like Minecraft, this is kind of like that, except the visuals are off the charts comparatively. It's really interesting. Dreams is an interesting game. And you
0: make a library game.
1: You could, you could make a game. that's all about organizing your library, um, looking at your library. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but the stuff people have created oh is pretty fascinating. They've, created, they've recreated old arcade games and, and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty interesting.
2: You're not going to leave me to, to have anything to talk about when we get to my number one, <laughs> nothing. To that, talk.
0: What is the goal? Anything I can do to subvert Paul?
2: All right. So, so I'll go next. Um, this game is number five on my list. Is actually, admittedly, a game that I have not played, but I have. <laughs> That's going to be four, 3, and 2 as well, isn't it? <laughs> I have watched someone play it, and it looks like something that I might play. Other than it's a little bit too reminiscent of this uh, this fraught time that we're in. Fallout Four. Fallout Four. Um, it is by Bethesda, who makes Skyrim which we've already covered pretty extensively. And it still has some of that same open world feel where you feel like you're actually living in this post-apocalyptic society. It's been out for a long time, so I'm sure that no one needs a big refresher on what it's about. But it looks pretty great. You can gather things and you can build a place and you can whack cockroaches in (laughs) terrible... nuclear disturbed creatures
0: it it looks pretty great yeah that's pretty much paul's jam like where can i gather things and then organize them
1: (laughs) yeah those games are notorious for letting you literally collect everything there's a pencil there's a book there's a pot like you pick up everything but you only have ordered you only need like five percent of the stuff you pick up (laughs) just yeah
2: yeah, it looks like i i I am naturally a hoarder so i think that i'd be picking up every broken bottle every toy car i'd be i'd be picking it off because you never know you never know in a post-apocalyptic world what you might need that's true that's right
0: that's why paul just gets so infuriated about video game reviews because he's like they just (laughs) never cover how the gathering systems work in these games. What can I pick like, up? What, like When I listen to these reviews or read them, they just never talk about it. It's like they don't even care.
2: Jake, get to your number five pick already.
0: Number five on my list has only limited gathering systems. <laughs> so it probably hasn't made Paul's list. <laughs> but uh, for me, I wanted, you know, I was thinking through, all right, as I made my list of quarantine video games, I was thinking, all right, what are some, uh, I wanted to see how I could tie them into people's time of self isolation, social distancing. And so, number five on my list is actually the most dangerous on the list because as people have to isolate, some people don't isolate by themselves, they isolate with their families or other loved ones or roommates. And, you know, that can create a pressure cooker of uh, emotions and drama within a living situation. And so number five on my list is a game that will help you quickly bubble those to the top. It like takes your slow cooker of quarantine and turns it into a pressure cooker Mm -hmm. of quarantine. And that is the Overcooked Anthology. It's a multi-platform game. You can play it on Xbox. You can play it on Nintendo Switch. You can play it on PlayStation 4. There's Overcooked. There's Overcooked 2. And it's a game, a multiplayer game, where up to four people can be these little chefs and in a variety of locations and settings, you have to make food and deliver orders to people. Mm-hmm. And it is hectic. It is frantic. It is frustrating. You're going to get angry at your teammates. You'll get angry at your kids of... for
1: things you never thought you'd yell at them about. That's right. Yeah. Pick up the flipping onion and p- <laughs> chop it up. And you put have it to in the chop pot. it first. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get the pot off the stove. It's lighting the mushrooms on fire. You crazy. are literally the worst. You're grounded. Never come out of your room until you figure out how to chop the flipping tomatoes.
1: The first level or two or even three are, are relatively relaxed and fun. You're like, this is fun. We can do this. And all of a sudden this, the difficulty spike just shoots through the roof. And then you're like, I don't know any of you. Okay. I don't want any of you kids here anymore. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So fun, um, if, if you've been looking for a way to supercharge that, uh, family or friend conflict within your isolated home, I highly recommend the overcooked anthology. Yeah. A
1: hey, quick tag on to that, that I don't know if it's the same company or not, but in a very similar multiplayer and visual vein, there's a game called Moving Out that comes out later this month. Same exact format where it's got that isometric kind of overhead view of a of a property. And instead of cooking food, you're actually loading furniture into a truck. And different size of, like, if it's a smaller object, you can grab it and run and throw it. There's a throw button. You can break windows. It's it's very hectic and crazy. But you're a moving crew. And you have a, <laughs> a set amount of time to get everything out of the house and into the truck. doesn't matter what shape it's in. And the reason it's multiplayer is because certain things, like couches and fridges, you can move much faster if you work together and grab each side of it. And uh, anyway, it's very hectic and crazy. It's called moving out. I'd recommend it if you like Overcooked. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. All right, number four, Tim. All right. So number four for me is I'm going to stick with the PS4 for right now. Uh, This one actually will be out by the time I'm assuming most of you hear this. So if you were a 90s gamer nerd like I am, you probably heard of a little game called Final Fantasy VII. It really made, I think, PlayStation what it is today. The PS1 was doing fine. And then when the Final Fantasy VII came out, it just destroyed Nintendo and everybody else. So Final Fantasy VII is a pretty landmark game from the 90s. And they are remaking it, actually only remaking a small part of it, as a full-fledged 2020 action RPG. I played the demo of it recently. It's actually really cool looking and looks like a lot of fun. So I recommend it. I think Final Fantasy VII, just from playing, having played the demo, and I'm looking forward to playing it, is a full-fledged, in-depth uh, action RPG with a great story, cool characters. And uh, if that's if that's your thing, I recommend that. It should be out on PS4 by the time you hear this.
0: My wife and I saw a TV commercial for that Mm
1: -hmm. the other night, and
0: uh, after this whole weird fantastical commercial, they show a guy pull a sword off of his back that's about three times as tall as him and definitely a lot wider than both of his thighs combined. (laughs) And she's like, oh, so I'm supposed to believe that he can wield that sword?
1: Not buying it. (laughs) I mean, sure, that magic he casted earlier, whatever, but holding that sword? Yeah, man, that's the, that's the old buster sword. But anyway, I think I think a lot of people will enjoy it, even if you never played it back in the day. I think there's uh, an audience for it. Uh, it's probably going to be PG, th- PG, maybe PG-13 on some language. I remember back in the day, it was one of the first games I played where they actually had you know, some some PG-level swear words on the screen. I was like, oh, so I'm pretty sure they're going to have that too. So keep that in mind, but
2: it's good. I um, haven't found it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, yeah. Those, those kind of terms.
2: So I've never played oh. a Final Fantasy game. I, I really got to play one of those.
1: Yeah, if you've got a PS4, I think there's a demo for it, so you can at least go give it a shot to see what it looks like and how it plays and if it's your thing. Um, give, right. I think it lets you play enough of the game and fight a boss to determine if you are into it or not. So, But
0: mm-hmm. how's the gathering
2: system? Exactly. Ugh, gathering is weak we in the game. Ah, uh, don't want it. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> All right, AM. number four for me. Number four for me. This is another old game. But I'm just going to mention it anyway because I have been playing it a little bit. <laughs> I am bread. I am bread. Yeah. You are a piece of bread. You need to get to a toaster. You have a strong desire to... It's sort of like Puglisari with with iron, actually. He just has this desire to actually go and be toasted. And so he has to... The bread has to crawl across the floor and over the the... Walls and through furniture, and eventually makes himself to something that will toast him. And so it's it's kind of a surreal and surprisingly challenging game. It's all physics, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. It's sort of a puzzle game in a way, where where the only thing you can grip with your the corners of your crust, and so you just sort of flip and you move and you scooch and you, yeah, it's uh, uh, the old crust grip. And I tell one? you what, you are a super strong piece of bread because you can wreck pretty much any dish that is in your way. You just mm-hmm. whack it with your crust and it shatters. You can butter yourself, you can jelly yourself before you toast. It seems illogical, but you are talking about a piece of crawling bread. So, I guess maybe we can we can give it credit for that.
0: Is this the one where the like if something bad befalls you as the piece
2: of bread, you gush Tarantino levels of blood I have not seen Tarantino levels of blood the only thing that happens is if you fall on the floor and you get dirty so that you're in the edible the game is over and then it just oh. has a screen that says I am dead I must be thinking of a different like game that.
0: wasn't there a game where a piece of bread just I don't know maybe I'm thinking of a, maybe that was a fever sounds dream sounds like a had. weird dream you had yeah
1: I was bleeding everywhere
2: <laughs> this is a very family friendly game you're not going to see blood gushing here As far as I know, jelly, but not bread.
0: Was that was my next question? Was to ask how family friendly it was because it sounds like it might have been a precursor to Paul's favorite animated movie, Sausage Party. Uh,
2: (laughs) Don't get me started on Sausage Party. Paul's Party
0: was so much better than Sausage Party,
2: which was decidedly
0: not family friendly. From what I read from Paul's review, Mm. (laughs) still, Mm. still my favorite review movie review that Paul has ever written.
1: It's it's got to be one of the biggest professional challenges, was staying professional and objective while reviewing Sausage Party.
0: Yeah, just like in in having to like write down the negative content <laughs> to be like the pita oh. bread and the hot dog bun. The um, <laughs> they, uh, they um, well, you see, in-
1: Paul. Was there a moment when you were writing negative elements, you wanted to just put this movie,
2: <laughs> period. I tell you what, that was that was a challenge. It was a fun challenge to actually figure out how to put it all together okay. because, man, there was a lot of negative content to deal
0: with. No joke. I'm going to go read that review after this show. Um, <laughs> all right, number four for me. Uh, I thought this one was very fitting, uh, not only because there's a lot to do in this game, so it will keep you occupied for a long time during your quarantine, but also because as you start to unravel the mystery Inside the story, there's uh, some interesting uh, parallels to our modern time. I apologize for the fight erupting between my cabin fever children outside. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it's Horizon Zero Dawn, which is available for PlayStation 4. This is a very good looking game. Um, You know, massive open world, huge map, tons to explore. uh, And... It happens. It's in the far future. This is not a near future game. This is far future game. Uh, and earth as we know it is largely gone and new civilizations are working their way through life and time. And yet weird things are happening with these machine animals that roam the land. And you're, it's a, it's a great, uh, it's got a great female protagonist that you get to play through the game as who's, a, 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 a pretty solid character, I think, and one you you learn to care for throughout the game. And um, yeah, it's my family and I put a lot of hours into this. They're thinking about more. it right now. They're, They're just it. laughing about all the
1: fun memories with Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> That's right. Uh,
0: and as you guys, as you, if you play it and you start to unravel the mysteries, you'll be like, oh my gosh, something not dissimilar to what we're living through
1: in this moment, except. Very different. Minus the robots, but yeah. Yeah. We'll start yeah. with the robots.
2: Maybe the robots come later. Maybe.
1: Maybe. No, I agree with that. And also, just as a little side note, uh, if you have a, if you own a PS4, which is where Horizon Zero Dawn is, they almost always have some kind of crazy sale on that game. And I think it's got one major add-on, which is really cool, too, which helps wrap up the story. So usually that's on a really good sale. You can get like the whole game and the add-on for pretty cheap is great
0: right you can probably get it for if you get it on sale these days you can probably get it for between 20 and 30 bucks
1: yeah yep
0: mm.
1: it's a good game it's a really good one all right so we're all on right, number three
0: see. yep
1: all right so for me number three it's a either or so both of these games kind of fall in that same category of kind of that low-key relaxing sim type experience so i would suggest if you're into that if you're like i just need something relaxing i'm not really doing a whole lot of bad guy fighting there's not a story to pay attention to I suggest either the new Animal Crossing for the Switch, or Stardew Valley, which you can play multiple places. But I think Switch is a great place to play that as well. The reason I mention those as either or is Animal Crossing is a little more cartoony and kid friendly, with a lot simpler uh, systems, and Stardew Valley is a little more complex, where you're actually raising, you're building a farm. There's a little bit of combat when you go into certain caves to fight some bad guys, some little monsters here and there. But both of those are really fun kind of sim build up your house slash farm uh, land um, and explore. They're both that kind of game. And so I think if you're looking for something relaxing and laid back, I'd suggest both of those. Also, Stardew Valley is cheaper. You could probably get that for 15, 20 bucks, uh, something like that. And then Animal Crossing is pretty new. It's going to run you 60. But the other thing about Animal Crossing is it, since it's new, there's a ton of people playing it. And there's some fun online components to that one as well. So both are, really, both are really fun. Animal Crossing is not for me. I've tried it. Not really a big fan personally, but my daughter loves it. So if you're going to be playing with your kids or want your kids to play and kind of maybe pass the controller, Animal Crossing isn't a bad
2: choice. So my daughter actually loves Stardew Valley. She hasn't played Animal Crossing, but I've actually read a lot of things that says Animal Crossing is the perfect game to play during during this time because it is nice and awesome. yeah. You can get outside virtually speaking. You can... Yep. You know, just hang out and and it is it sounds like it sounds like they would have some collecting possibilities there, so it might yeah. be a game that I might enjoy. There,
1: there are there's a lot of collecting, Paul, in Animal Crossing. Absolutely. So that's pretty much all it is. It's collecting. Um the whole idea is that you upgrade your house and you can decorate it and you know, it's it's again it's a very peaceful game. You can go fishing, you can catch bugs, you can buy new furniture, you can talk to your friends in the village. It's it's that kind of a game. So yeah.
0: Not and historically Paul, correct me if I'm wrong. Cracked.com is written about Animal Crossing a lot. You're our cracked.com expert, right?
2: <laughs> you know, I do not recall any particular articles based on Animal Crossing, but I'll I take do. your word. For it. Pretty fantastic. I'll take your word for that. All right. So well, number three for me. This is uh, this is also a game that I actually play. I it's become a little bit more challenging in the current environment. Pokemon Go every morning I try to get out and do a run around the neighborhood five o'clock in the morning when no one else is up. And so I don't have to wear my mask and suffocate as I'm, as I'm jogging and run by a couple of Pokestops, try to catch a few things. It's super fun. It gives you a chance to, to get out and and grab some collect some Pokemon. Mm. Uh, And, and although it has become a little bit harder, there is still something kind of normalizing and relaxing about it about doing something that you sort of grew fond of doing with your family and that you still can do now, Mm. as long as you're safe,
1: right? Yeah, they should rename it to Pokemon Stay during this crisis.
2: Yeah, it it does become a little bit trickier, that is for sure. I'm not hitting a lot of new Pokestops, I'll tell you that
0: much. Mm. Number three for me is on the Nintendo Switch, and hearkening back to my logic from... Number five, where I instigated a lot of family conflict. Number three can help you actually purge a lot of your uh, violent tendencies towards your family. And that's because number three is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate or Super Smash Bros. Mm -hmm. for the Nintendo Switch. You can use your favorite video game characters. Pretty much all of them are there. Like they shoved a ton of characters into this game and it's like, what different ways can you blast, smash, stab, bludgeon, body slam, eviscerate, <laughs> annihilate your opponents uh, and just do it over and over and over again ad nauseum. And it's always fun. Like Super Smash Bros is never not fun. <laughs> and so when, you're getting, when you've got those violent tendencies rising up inside of you because you're feeling the cabin fever, plug this game in instead of you know, beating up your family. I beg to
2: differ. It has never been fun for me. Never. No, never, never fun for you. No, because because I'm old. I cannot, I cannot <laughs> learn how to do. All I cannot manipulate the buttons quickly enough, and so I, my Jake, children yeah, and I. Like, kind of are Jake about that. I'm, kind of Jake. I'm old. Because of you, Jake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you made me old, and you've stolen my quick twitch abilities. <laughs> Fine, Paul. Don't
0: don't play it. Just beat up people in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I am also old in real life. <laughs> That's true. Paul couldn't beat up a fly. All right, number two, Timmy.
1: All right, so if you have a Xbox or, or Xbox One or a PC, then I recommend the new Ori game. It's called Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I think this game is a fantastic way to escape our crazy reality into a complete fantasy, kind of almost fairy tale like world. Uh, it's got a very sweet story. Um, if you ever play, if you haven't played Ori and the Blind Forest, I recommend that as well. Actually, I recommend both of them. You can be; they're both about ten to twelve hour games, so they're not big investments. They're really fun and challenging side-scrolling. A lot of people like to use the term Metroidvania game because that means that you'll uncover areas that you can't access yet because you don't yet have the the right move or the right key or whatever it is. That was very Castlevania and Metroid uh, type games back in the day. So, uh, but Ori. Uh, both of these games are beautiful, by the way. The art style is just gorgeous. It looks like paintings and it's very bright and colorful. Um, but also they have very moving stories. A lot of... Uh, really, they're very they're very much stories about when you have a, a relationship, especially family. Those family-type relationships when you love each other and what you'll do, what lengths you'll go to to save the ones that you love or to in some cases survive or help them survive or sacrifice yourself on their behalf. There's lots of really neat stories in there too. So I, that's why I think of it as a fairy tale, a little bit of allegory going on in there and they're just beautiful. They're really, they're really, and they're great games to play with the kids too. A little bit of scary moments here and there with some of the monsters, but certainly nothing inappropriate. So it's a, it's a really fun and challenging uh, couple of games. I recommend both of those.
0: So for those of us that don't have the Xbox, but you said it is available on PC. Yeah. Well, is it, is it doable on – do you need a gaming PC or could somebody do it on their laptop? Yeah,
1: I don't think the the, the recommended specs are too high. So you could probably play it on most – I would say if you've got a laptop that's two, three, four years old, you could play both of them. Maybe not in the highest settings. Also, the first one's on the Switch. I don't know why, but Microsoft was feeling pretty generous and they released Ori and the Blind Forest on the Switch. So if you've got a Nintendo, you can play the first one, which is fantastic. Um And yeah. then, and then, Will of the Wisps is just Xbox and PC, but they're both great. Highly recommend both of them. Paul, number two. I
2: can definitely tell who's the real video game expert in this crew. That's, <laughs> That's why we got Try that. I may have to try That's that. Number end. two for me. Gran Turismo, mm. the latest version, which is what Thought seven, I, I think. Was it? Gran seven, Tur- yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, no, I've been uh, I've been racing some. I think it's been really fun to do. Um I have always liked cars. I have always liked racing cars. It can be a good game to play. I think it's PS4 exclusive, but, um, but it's just always fun to, um, to just sort of get out in a car that you could never afford. If you saved up the rest of your money for the rest of your life. Um, and, and it's fun to do with the family too. You know, my son and I race quite a bit, and uh and and that can be a fun thing to do. So yeah, number two for me, Gran Turismo.
1: I actually think it's a Gran Turismo Sport. I don't think there's a site. Gran Turismo yet. Sport. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah. I uh there's just not enough cops in it for me. If, if <laughs> yeah. I don't get to <laughs> aggravate and outrun police officers while yeah. I'm racing exotic cars, like then I'm out. Like it's just not worth yeah. it.
2: It's fair. Puffins. could use some more puffins.
1: Yeah, If you're like, in the racing uh, games, though, and you've got an Xbox and you can't play Gran Turismo and Paul sold you on it, but you can't play it, Forza Horizon is a very similar and fantastic series. They actually have some DLC. The one that I played with my son was so fun because it uses uh, Hot Wheels. Remember the Hot Wheels tracks? that? Oh, are yeah,
2: orange, absolutely.
1: The orange flexible tracks that can kind of bend in all the different ways. They released a whole DLC pack which adds an island of Hot Wheels tracks basically. So but oh. it's like life size. So you're driving your crazy Forza sports cars and whatever else, all these cars to choose from and you're going on these full spirals and loops and it's all Hot Wheels. Super super fun. So both of those games are really fun.
2: Oh, I got to I got to play that. Paul just added it to
0: his cart. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Number 2 for me is a PS4 exclusive and uh, this one I think is just the height of escapism for adventure fans. And there's four games in this series that you can lose yourself in. So there's plenty of time to be wasted. And that is the, what I'm calling the Uncharted quadrilogy.
2: Oh my goodness. Uncharted. So Ooh. good. Boo! Did, did you just boo Uncharted? Boo Uncharted. What? It's the Pulgersari of video
0: games. Paul doesn't like Uncharted now because is it's from experience, or is this
2: just
1: you don't like the it idea? It is
2: from experience. It feels like to me, and maybe I haven't gotten far enough into the games. But for me, when I when I played Uncharted, you you push a couple of buttons and then you watch a twenty minute cutscene, An awesome. And button. then you push a couple more buttons. If I it, it, if I wanted to watch a story like that, I'd just watch a movie. Hmm. Well, I, I so
0: contrary, you know, to Paul, I think that un- the Uncharted games are actually like the perfect blend of movies and video games. Agreed. If you're looking for that cinematic video game experience, if you grew up just wishing that you could be Indiana Jones, Uncharted makes that a reality.
1: Indiana Jones. What was the National National Treasure? Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and it puts you in the shoes of this action adventurer. It puts you behind the whip, as it were. <laughs> And Tomb
2: Raider is you so much better that we actually get to play yeah. the game.
0: I like Tomb Raider too. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying I appreciate the the tighter storytelling within the Uncharted series. Yeah. Uh, like un like Tomb Raider's great. Like I I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I think that the linear nature provides for a, of Uncharted provides for a unique storytelling experience within the action adventure genre that I personally really enjoyed. And all four of the games are available on your PlayStation 4 Mm -hmm. so that you can live out the adventures of Nathan Drake start to finish and really just have a
1: blast. And get yourself prepared for that Tom Holland movie that's coming at some point.
0: Yeah, see, now I'm with Paul and like the way Paul feels about the video game is the way I feel about the movie
2: i don't think you need a movie because the video game already accomplishes it, takes care this. Of
1: it. i'm with you i'm with you you
2: know you probably actually move your hands more actually during the movie if you have like a popcorn because then <laughs> oh you're, you're eating it you know <laughs> And that tells me that you probably haven't
1: played all the games cuz they get pretty in depth. By the fourth one, you've got No, I haven't played all the games. And stealth abilities and all kinds of new attacks. See, and... and
2: I love stealth games. I really dig stealth games, but I may have that. to give it another try. They had all yes. that I may give it another try.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the Tomb Raider series cuz people compare them a lot. If you were to ask me what's the storyline of the Tomb Raider series, I'd be like it's it's about Laura getting beat up by dudes and then she has to kill them. I don't remember who's who and what's going on. I just yeah. know that Boy, does she go through it and she comes out the other side victorious. But with the Uncharted games, I could tell you pretty in depth a lot of the story because it sticks with well, it. It's very linear and it's very like Jake said, it's very cinematic in the way it tells its story. The characters are fascinating, even as you're climbing around. And Some people hate the climbing, but there's conversations that are happening between characters that I think are just
2: really well written. Yeah. And it's really great. And, and see, that's that's my thing. I think if, if I'm playing a video game, I don't want it to be linear. I don't want it to be sort of where you have to do this task. I want to actually live as these characters, as opposed to having a, a preset no. point where you have to Stop go collecting everything. You want,
0: you want to live as yourself inside the video game. <laughs> you want every video game to be Paul's second life. <laughs> that's such a lie.
2: Such Paul's a lie. Oh, second.
0: and Uncharted 4, you as the character actually get to play Crash Bandicoot. It's
2: true. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. actually. So I would probably end up playing yes, they, that. Uh, it's yeah. actually
1: the same developers. It's Naughty Dog. They made the Crash Bandicoot series, and they made Uncharted. And there's a scene at the beginning where a couple, are they decide to spend a little time playing this old video game together. And then it goes to their perspective, and you get to actually play it kind of interesting
0: all right where are we it's countdown. number one Tim.
1: all right so oh, number one um it's kind of in the same vein as jake was describing with horizon earlier um, this one does have a little bit of a content caveat for violence and that's assassin's creed odyssey uh, i think it's ubisoft's best game i think it's it's by far their best game it's uh and i'm thankful that they didn't inject a whole bunch of Uh, nudity and sexual stuff that you have to worry about with kids around. What you do have to worry about is the violence. It is pretty violent as you're fighting bad guys and the finishing moves. It's pretty bloody. So that piece is pretty violent if you've got kids around. That being said, it's a fascinating take on the ancient Greek world. So you basically are this this cast-off orphan who's growing up on this little island of Cephalonia, and then you get thrust into this larger scale war between the Spartans and the Athenians. And you start to discover more about your background. And so the story is really interesting, but it does exactly what you are asking for, Paul. And that is it opens up this massive world to explore. You eventually get control of your own ship. So you can sail to whatever uh, area that you want. You can fast travel around. Uh, You unlock new abilities for your characters. You can't collect a bunch of meaningless objects, I'm afraid to say. So there's no house to set up or anything like that. Um, But it is a, it is to me, it's a feat. I don't know how they created the game this big and this in depth and this gorgeous uh, that is all in one experience where you can just jump in a ship or jump on your horse and go explore. And uh, it is pretty challenging. There's lots of, a lot of combat in there. Um, But boy, is it really good. And they've, they've released a ton of additional missions and content since then. So you could probably get the full experience for about 30 bucks the full normal game. And then they've had two paid expansions since then and a bunch of additional stuff they've added on. They also have what's called exploration mode. I think it's called exploration mode. Um, Anyway, there's a mode where you can go in and don't fight anybody. You're not doing the story. You're just kind of traveling around exploring Greece. And there's all sorts of like historical facts about ancient Greece. If that, if that interests you too. So the company Ubisoft, I think, just knocked it out of the park with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It is a great game that you could completely use up the rest of the quarantine time in, and still not see it all.
0: And we can call it, it exploration mode. Can be renamed Paul's Second Life Ancient Greece Edition.
2: <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally in on that game. That sounds great.
1: Yeah, AC Odyssey. This is pretty filthy too, right? What's I that? mean, Assassin's Creed Odyssey,
2: to... Odyssey because. But I'm... I
1: did I AC Odyssey. Got... <laughs>
2: uh, I think,
1: he, I think he liked it, but was also uncomfortable. It was both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Number one for me, Jake has already spoiled it. So it's, it's, I'm still playing through Skyrim for the sixth time. And yes, it is a great game. It is great. I really do like this game a lot. I know that I need to, to put it down and play something else maybe maybe assassins creed odyssey who knows um i think that i think that but it it really is just sort of this nice it's it's both really exciting has a lot of new and cool stuff um but because i've played it so much it's also fairly familiar to me and so because of that i think it gives me a level of comfort as i play through it i kind of see this world And it becomes, it is sort of like a second home in a a way. Um, So I think that it's because of that, it it makes it kind of special for me. And yes, I haven't built my library yet, Hmm. but I'm really excited about doing it so I can organize my books. I'm trying to figure out what safes are going to hold what gems. So yes, I am thinking about all of this stuff, even as we speak.
1: And that's a pretty in-depth game, right? In terms of like the... The equipping stuff and i mean there's a lot going on you, all can the abilities. For,
2: you, you really can play for 200 hours and still be because there's so way.
1: much you can tweak and edit and there's armor to get and all that kind of stuff i would yeah. say something like assassin's creed odyssey is a light version of that in terms of all those rpg elements in skyrim where it's very very yeah. in-depth uh assassin's creed odyssey has a lot of that like if paul if you did end up trying it i think you'd like it because you Equip new armor, you upgrade stuff, but boy, is it nowhere near the level of complexity. I don't think as a Skyrim that's pretty. That's pretty complex.
0: Yeah, as much as I tease Paul about it, I, the actually the only reason I have not really gotten into Skyrim is for my own safety. Yeah, because I got it uh, a couple. I actually got it in on the Xbox a couple of years ago, back when it like first came out. And I turned it on. I started to play like the kids and my wife and kids were like out visiting family or friends or something. I was homesick. And I was like, I'll just play for about an hour and then I'll go to sleep. Like I'll just kind of do the game. I'll start the game. Then I'll go take a nap. Four hours later, I was like side hopping up a mountain (laughs) to try to avoid some troll. I had not touched any of the actual like story (laughs) of the game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> this game i will never do anything else ever again yeah. and so i never
2: played it ever again after that yeah now, there there are mornings where i wake up and you start thinking about your to-do list for the day sometimes my to-do list starts with where am I going to go in Skyrim today? Am I going to do this dungeon? Do I need to go to Riften to to buy some stuff? Do I, how, what, what does this look like? And then, and then I sort of think about work and the rest of the day, but sometimes, sometimes the game can get a little bit overwhelming.
0: Yeah, Paul has literally emailed, like I made a lot of jokes about his safes, but he's literally emailed me to be like, I've, I'll have to think on this later. I'm trying to figure out what to do with my safes.
2: That is a lie. That is a lie. I have
0: the email right here. You do not. I, I do. It says, I'm try- right now I'm trying to figure out what to do with my safes, exclamation point. And it's dated. Let me pull up the date for you real quick because it's right here. Here it is, March 30th. Figuring out right now what I'm going to put in all of my safes. 3. <laughs> P. M. They have so many storage 000.
2: options in Skyrim. <laughs> so many storage options. Do you put it in a chest? Do you put it in a safe?
0: <laughs> All right. Number one for me, previewed a little bit earlier, because this one is near and dear to my heart, because it came during a little personal family epidemic of the influenza from two years ago. But that's Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, As much as I love the cinematic storytelling in the Uncharted series and sort of the linear story that that tells, The the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is the best video game I personally have ever played. From a story and character development standpoint, you get some interesting things as you learn about the world of Hyrule. Uh, From an open world perspective, you can literally go anywhere. Mm. You can do pretty much anything you can't it's not quite as in-depth as skyrim but it's just a feat of the art style you know the combat the gathering system the destructibility of the items you have cooking the fact that it incorporates cooking paul like it's, it's right up paul's alley in that regard the climbing can-
1: i think the climbing was kind of the the breakthrough that they had right where it was like you know what what yeah. if what if you could climb almost any surface right And we added different types of challenges to different types of surfaces and weather
0: systems. And just like, it was just, it's just the most fun world to lose yourself in. Yeah. Like as in depth and as great as the gathering system is in Skyrim, like there's limitations to where you can go. Like I said, I was side hopping, like trying to glitch the game up a mountain. Whereas in Zelda, it's like, no, we can let you go up that mountain, but here's some challenges that you have to overcome. Here's how you have to plan and plot and, Take care of your items and all that kind of fun stuff, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of hours to be spent in Hyrule, and it's such a pleasant place to spend time in. Yeah. It's not it's dark and really gritty yeah, like Skyrim. It's pleasant, and there's you know grassy plains and mossy hills. Yep, and I would argue and that it's pretty. Uh,
1: it's pretty kid friendly too. My nine year old made yeah. his way through his adventure of it. Start. He started around Christmas time. He got his own switch and so i was like you can borrow zelda if you want because i know he's always liked it and he played it from start to finish he would come to me every once in a while and he got stuck on a dungeon or something like that stuck on a puzzle but he figured it out on his own all the way through to the boss battle and i didn't even tell him about the boss battle like i'm sure you have to figure it out you know you might die a couple times to, and he figured it all out all the way to the end and it's his favorite game it's his favorite game ever so i would i would argue that it's Maybe for young, young kids, a little scary, but for the most part, it's pretty kid-friendly. You know, if they're okay with general Pixar and Disney movies, they're going to be okay with, I think, with Breath of the Wild.
0: And there you have it. Our top five co-video game recommendations for your quarantine was quite a list, but now it's time for the most least important thing. welcome to the most least important thing the way we love to wrap up every single little show of ours making molehills into mountains mountains into anthills and vice versa to borrow the colloquialism i can't say that word nine times out of ten i cannot say that word colloquialism but it's like the world <laughs> the roger the roger blah 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 bah, blah 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 <laughs> blah uh that is one of my favorite T V lines of all of all time, Bob La Blah's Law Blog. Yep. <laughs> arrested Development. Paul, have you still not caught up on arrested development?
2: I have not caught up on arrested development. I really want to see it. But I'm Appreciate too to busy playing Skyrim. Bob Loblaw right. is
1: a lawyer who has a blog, and so that's Bob La Blah's Law Blog.
0: That is the most least important thing. Uh Paul, you said you had two today, is that correct?
2: I do have two, yes. So in keeping with your
0: library your librarian nature, would you like to bookend us today?
2: You know what? I I will just give you one. I will just give you one. Oh, well, uh, look at you. Look at you just undermining me live on air. I
0: I live to do right that. Right after I had that great dig at you.
2: I know. No, I, I, think, uh, I think what I'm going to do is, uh, is I'm even going to go with a third one. I'm not even going to use the one that I was going to use. Or the second one that I was going to use. I'm going to pull up a third. Way to stick Way to it to, to the man, Paul.
1: Way to stick it to the man.
2: <laughs> because, because you guys did not really appreciate Pulgasari as much as you really should have, <laughs> I want to let you know that you can go to the internet and buy a Pulgasari action figure. Is it made out of rice? If only that would be so cool if it was no you can you can buy your own pulgilari action figure collector's item for eight hundred and fifty dollars what eight hundred and fifty dollars? I will make you one for five hundred <laughs> <laughs> wow. so it, where, it, where can it, we buy this for eight hundred and fifty dollars it's a claw mark toys. Uh, It is a limited red Pulgasari uh, that comes in the box, and it stands a full three and a half inches tall. Oh, my gosh. $850 for a three and a half inch toy. Wow. That's also what she said. Um...
1: (laughs) I think we might need to wrap the show right there. I think that might be it. (laughs)
0: Wow, man. Did you say it's the red version as well? <laughs> no, after not try it transition back into
1: <laughs> normal questions.
0: <laughs> Tim, what's your most least important thing?
1: All right, so I, I'm going to have to go with the latest Netflix craze, and that's Tiger King. I, every, Everyone's talking about it, and I actually had a few friends that were like, you just got to try it. Like, yes, it's trashy. Yes, it's ridiculous. But it's incredibly entertaining for a reason. Just watch it. So I did. I tried it. And that was a couple of days ago. And I'm already on episode five. Uh, I'm working my way through this thing. Listen, Tiger King is the reason I, why I think it fits perfectly for your most least important thing segment is because this is not important at all. At all. Anyone. At it all. It's, it's not important. It's a, It's basically outlining the life story of these absolutely crazy people who all need help. All of them need help. Everyone involved on both sides of this whole tiger issue and all the characters that are there, they all need help, but we're all watching them as entertainment because they're nuts. They're totally crazy. So tiger King is a crazy story of not only owning big exotic cats. That's kind of the groundwork of it. The rest of it has, it's everything from uh, politics and murder and mysteries and, uh, Sabotage, stealing, uh, all kinds of other crime, tax evasion, all sorts of stuff. Um, There's all sorts of oh, polygamy, gay polygamy specifically. It's it's nuts, and I don't uh, I don't necessarily recommend it because it is not important. But I can understand if you're like me and you try it and you kind of get hooked on it and you don't know why. But
2: it it really is one of those shows that has a mysterious pull to it, doesn't it? I mean, it is insane it is i would insane. argue that it's actually pretty well made
1: the way that they like whoever made this show not only the way it's filmed but the way they structure it and that their storytelling method as they kind of give you a hint of what's to come and then they go back and tell you that that was well done so there's a lot of high quality on the on the, the crash it's fantastic yeah. the, so the
2: people in it are just insane i think my favorite part about that show is uh is is the weird dubbed country music videos that the Tiger. Which is came not into. his
1: voice, guys. All you have to do is a quick Google search and you quickly learn it was two uh, studio musicians who did all that and they had no idea he was going to pretend it was him. They didn't know until later he had made the music videos. They thought they were making theme songs for him to use wherever he wanted, but he paid for the rights to them and pretended it's him. So it's not him.
0: It's so a little milly vanilli going on.
1: A lot of that, yeah.
0: I mean, it basically sounds like. The Bachelor in Appalachia <laughs> Tiger Edition.
1: Yeah, it's rough. Oh it's, it's, it's super rough. But, yeah.
0: Well, speaking of rough content on Netflix, my most least important thing is that during the month of April, VidAngel is free. Hmm. Completely free. No credit card or debit card required. You can get yourself a VidAngel account. And watch the Tiger King without the gay polygamy, if that's your jam. The
2: show would two
0: and a half minutes long. You you wouldn't understand. (laughs) But you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, the controversial VidAngel platform. They've recently, actually, recently, VidAngel told Disney who they owe something like sixty-eight million dollars. In fees to after the court decided against VidAngel for their original business model, where they would buy movies and then allow you to buy them from them, filter them, sell them back, all that kind of fun stuff. They'd since, VidAngel has since uh, pivoted to where you can filter your Netflix or Amazon Prime yeah. content yeah. through their service. And so you can watch, you know, TV shows, movies without language without gore without nudity without sex you can clean up and watch as VidAngel says however the bleep you want completely for free during the month that's awesome that's great so all you gotta do is put in your email create an account link in your netflix and amazon accounts and you're good to go
1: i think it really helps for shows like jack ryan that for what for no reason at all decided to include a pretty at least one pretty intense sexy i think there might even be two i was like why is this in here like that, this could have been a nice PG thirteen for the most part action, whatever you get. You get the point I'm trying to make. Something like VidAngel, yeah. I think, is a great option to watch. Show like Jack Ryan, probably with your you and your wife and your teenage kids, no problem, without worrying about what's gonna pop up. That's
0: right. Yeah. Or like The Queen on Netflix or The Crown. Sorry, not The Queen, The Crown, which oh. my wife was really enjoying. And then, like, all of a sudden in, I think, season two or three, they just drop in these really graphic sex scenes mm. and do a show that's otherwise very TVPG, yeah. TV PG 13 yeah. you know, type of uh, vibe to it. All of a sudden it becomes this graphic R-rated yeah. show on the drop of a hat. VidAngel. Angel, all of a sudden, it's not a problem. There you go. And your kids come off again. There you go. Nice. So there you go. Free through the month of April. Check it out. You can download it. Apple. Android, a couple of the TV apps uh, actually have a TV version of it that you can use. So yeah, give it a shot. Awesome. Well, that is it for us this time, Tim. Thanks again for joining us for this show. Thank thanks for and having me on here. I appreciate
1: it. it. I always love talking video games because I'm a nerd.
0: That's right. If and you're interested in hearing more of... sorry. You loved it. Oh. <laughs> and as we mentioned before, if you're interested in hearing more of Tim's video game thoughts, plus those of his closest friends... Uh, <laughs> and not not they're definitely not his brother husbands you can listen to his show current Jen on pretty much any of your favorite podcast listening uh platforms but for now that's all we've got for this time you can catch up with us on twitter i'm at jake underscore roberson i'm at ac paul where can they find you
1: on twitter tim Uh, either at tim underscore Nestor, or if you want to follow our podcast it's at jen underscore current weirdly enough at
0: Jen underscore current Mm -hmm. until next time though I'll say it again. I'm Jake. I'm Paul. We'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.
2: I came up with five video games, by the way. You'll be proud of me. Oh, I am proud of you. And they're all
0: video games that your character in Skyrim invented. You just <laughs> I just, Googled, I just Googled,
1: what are five video games? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's for real. All right. um, pong. Pong.